It's right now, it's a Tech Tuesday, so we bring Carmi Levy in, our tech expert. Nice to have you. Good to be here, John. Okay, so what is a humane AI pin? Uh, it's almost like uh, the Star Trek communicator. It's a pin that you wear attaches to your lapel or your somewhere, you know, up around your chest with a magnetic attachment. You tap it and talk to it. It's got a microphone and a speaker in it. It doesn't have a screen, but it does have uh, it's almost like remember that Princess Leah help me uh, help me OB uh, um, holograph. It has yeah. that. Yeah, it's like a little projector and it projects onto your hand a very low res monochrome screen that you then use hand gestures to interact with. It's powered by AI. It comes to us from a company called Humane, called the AI Pin, and it's founded by a couple of ex-Apple senior engineers. Uh, and it's available for the low, low price of $700 starting later this week, plus $24 a month. This is all US, by the way, um, to, to keep it connected on the T-Mobile network. So this is kind of one of those, it, It's we call it a post-smartphone device. It potentially could replace smartphones everyone's trying different form factors uh but you know for something that basically does what a smartwatch does for twice the price i'm kind of looking at this going I, i'm i'm essentially going to be going to be dictating my texts in the middle you know in public to this device looking like i'm talking to myself spending twice as much as i would on a conventional device learning how to use hand gestures i just don't see this i applaud them for it it seems really cool but i don't want to be the dummy tapping my chest every time i want to talk to myself it just doesn't seem to work yeah i could see future applications but again it strikes me as one of those things which is hardware disguised as software i mean you can do all of these things on a phone anyway. You absolutely can. And on your phone, you can download apps. You can choose the services that you use. If you want to listen to music on this thing, you can only use Tidal, which has, I think, 0.2% market share. You can't use Spotify. You can't use Apple Music. In fact, you can't download any apps because there is no app store. So you're locked into the services that this thing supports at launch, and there's no indication that they're going to be adding to them over time. So why you would release a device without an app store or without the ability to customize in 2023, I don't know. Um, but then I was looking at at the, the hand gestures that you have to learn to use it because, of course, there's no touch screen. Uh, there's no way that I'd, I'd, I'd ever learn these. And I'm pretty sure that I'd be driving into a pole <laughs> if I tried using this while I'm in a car. I'm just thinking people already look eccentric enough when they're talking on a <laughs> Bluetooth. And now you're going to have them waving their hands around too. Okay. Are people flipping Tesla Cybertrucks? Oh, they're going to, uh, you know, this is a, it's a perfect storm for flipping. So take a vehicle that everybody's been talking about. I mean, it, it is the most buzzworthy vehicle because we know Elon Musk designed it on the back of an envelope in the middle of the night. Uh, and then, uh, then, then make it re, um, supply constrained. So they said they were going to build 250,000 of them every year. They're only going to hit half that if that. And of course, it's significantly delayed. So a lot of people put down deposits on it. They're starting deliveries later this month. And of course, if everybody wants one, well, you got one, you can get pretty much whatever you want for it. So what they've done, they've put a clause in their purchase agreement that if you take delivery of a cyber truck and then you try selling it within a year without the express written permission of uh, of, of 
Elon Musk and Tesla, uh, the company could sue you for upwards of $50,000 plus damages. And we've seen this before. Ford, for example, had a similar clause with its Lightning, F-150 Lightning uh, electric uh, truck. Uh, we know that they did the same thing a few years ago with the GT, the high performance, the supercar vehicle. Um, but this is, you know, this is kind of new. And I think this is, you know, an indication of the company trying to protect its, its interest. The Cybertruck launch has not gone as well as they would have liked. And they're really trying to prevent customers from making a mint off of it. Uh, you know, will it will it work? I don't know. The company's getting enough, enough negative publicity on this. Yeah. Um, I, you know, as, as if Elon Musk needs any more egg on his face, I guess now he has a little bit more. Yeah, I'm still sort of pondering, and maybe somebody can point out the business model to me via text at 71010. But, you know, you sell something for an agreed upon price, then, the, you know, the person who bought it can do whatever the heck they want. I don't know what's what the harm or foul against Tesla is. Uh, they are concerned, for example, that that would get more publicity than the actual launch. They're concerned about its impact on the aftermarket, on the used car market, uh, as well as uh, you know, will people want to buy a new vehicle if there are vehicles available on the secondary market. Uh, in that first year, especially as they're ramping up production, absolutely critical that they don't have any dis any kind of distractions or disruptions. This could potentially affect their marketing. And as we know, Tesla doesn't have any marketing because they fired their marketing department a few years ago. <laughs> okay, ever since the Hindenburg, airships haven't had the greatest reputation, but apparently they're going to make a comeback. Yeah, this comes to us from none other than Sergey Brin. He's the co-founder, of course, of Google. He's now uh, you know, investing in a whole bunch of other companies, including one called LTA Research. They unveiled something called Pathfinder One, which is a prototype electric airship. This thing is 400 feet long, 66 feet wide. Uh, it's about 150 feet longer than an Airbus A380, still smaller, but half the size of the Hindenburg. Um, but it's a lot safer than the Hindenburg because it doesn't use hydrogen. It uses helium. It uses is um, it uses LIDAR. So, you know, um, basically to monitor the bags uh, of helium to make sure that everything is fine, that nothing is happening, that no accidents will happen. It's covered with something called Teblar, which is uh, non-flammable, uh, very strong, very lightweight, uses a rigid carbon fiber frame. Uh, this thing is about as sophisticated as an airship can be. And they're thinking that it can be used for things like cargo. It can be used for humanitarian aid. Uh, it can hover over an area and provide cell phone service, for example, for a very long time. It's electric hybrid powered, uh, so incredibly efficient. Still doesn't carry as much as a traditional cargo plane. In fact, doesn't really carry a whole heck of a lot. But this is just the first prototype. The next prototype will be twice as large and carry significantly more. So interesting. There are a number of companies that are they're uh, rolling out prototypes like this. They are saying that it's not going to replace every aircraft, of course, but it really does fill a niche within aviation a very eco-friendly, uh, carbon-neutral niche, which is really interesting to watch. Can't wait to see this thing fly. Although the downside would be that we're running out of helium, aren't we? We are there. You know, helium is a constrained resource. There is a, you know, in the U.S., there's the National Helium Reserve. They kind of meet it out. Uh, and uh, in fact, there have been growing numbers of reports of shortages in recent years, which is absolutely critical because, of course, it's not just used for blimps. It's used in, uh, in rocketry, for example, you know, to purge lines. It's used in healthcare significantly. All those scanners that we use, they need helium uh, to operate. And uh, of course, in surgery as well. So, uh, you know, 
yeah, if if uh, if Sergey Brin is using it for his airship, and I don't have it for my next uh, medical procedure, I think we're going to have a bit of a problem. One last quick item, and that would be what went wrong at Domino's. <laughs> they launched their emergency pizza promotion and you would buy a pizza and then get a code for a free emergency pizza later on. You could kind of, you could schedule it. You could go in and pick it up. Uh, but of course, uh, it worked well for a few weeks. Then someone discovered that, oh my goodness, some of these codes can be reused, spread by like wildfire on social media before you knew it. You had lines around the block for people reclaiming their free pizzas. Uh, the company has now pulled it back in for retuning because obviously, and, and managers have been screaming corporate did not know what to do about it uh there have been a lot of people getting free pizzas dozens of pizzas uh because uh, someone figured out there was a, a flaw in the software and you could use those codes again and again and again and a lot of people weren't even tipping which i find very depressing <laughs> carmy thanks a lot good to have you thanks john that's our tech expert carmy levy